He got the thing implanted in 2015. Um, it In 2017, he had to have it taken out. Um, it was problematic. The, the doctor based, they said that there was a large ball of rolled up mesh Jesus stuck in the Christ. tissues um, surrounding where it had been implanted. It was very hard to remove it, but they did get it removed during surgery. So it wasn't like a, you know, one of these cases where you died or you had some, you know, horrendous you know, yeah. sepsis, horrible infection, um, or you were permanently disabled. Um but they did find that there wasn't warning about the dangers of the product, and they did find in favor of the plaintiff. Prioritizing profit. Prioritizing prioritizing pro- dangerous drug and product cases. Welcome back. Another episode prioritizing profits, dangerous drug and product cases. We are back. Another update, another week. Um, I've had a little bit of a crazy week. How are you doing? How have you been? I've been good. You've been running your little butt off. I mean, mm-hmm. Tucson, back to Phoenix, to New Mexico, back to Tucson. Wow. Everywhere, everywhere. World traveler, uh, mostly <laughs> Arizona, local And New area. Mexico. And New Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's been pretty crazy because last week we talked about it. I had just gotten back from Amsterdam for from a week trip. Um, I got back on a Sunday and then that Wednesday, I drove down to do the podcast. I drove back up to Phoenix that night so I could be there Thursday for Christina's birthday. Had a fantastic night. Took her to Fogo de Chao. Yeah, um, the pictures were amazing. Yes, yes. I had never been there before. Brazilian steakhouse for anyone that uh, isn't aware. And they bring over the meat on like a big stick where they cook it. And then they just kind of chop it off at your at your table. All you can eat. It's fantastic. It was delicious. Uh, a little overhyped, I would say. But mm. it was still good. It was a nice experience. Kind of like the carnivore's feast. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Wouldn't be too good for vegetarian or vegan. No, no. They did have a salad bar, though, and it was impressive. So you never know, maybe. (laughs) Um, And then the next day, Friday, drove back down to Tucson uh, because my dad was in town and hung out here Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday morning drove down to New Mexico um, because he needed to go see some some fellow Mexicans, our brethren, some family, <laughs> uh, our brethren in the homeland of uh-huh. New Mexico, uh, land of enchantment. So drove down. It's about four and a half hours, roughly four four and a half That's hours. A, it's um, a long drive. Made it, made it many times. Yeah, yeah. So drove down from Tucson to New Mexico Sunday. Was there Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday night, and then just got back like an hour ago, driving from New Mexico back to Tucson. I'm driving back to Phoenix tonight. I'll have a good 24 hours there before we then <laughs> drive to Palm Springs for your birthday. Yes, yes. I'm very excited. And, and I feel honored that you're willing to continue your travels with just a brief respite in order to celebrate my huge birthday, which is kind of weighing on me. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I mean, I think it, it's definitely draining, but all of these are very fun events and big yeah, events. You yeah. know, my dad coming to town, Amsterdam, and then your 60th. I mean, these are these are some big life events here. They are. They are. Well, and actually last week we were, as we finished up, we were getting ready to go upstairs and have a huge Mexican feast, which was amazing. Delicious. Yeah. Just kind of finishing off the leftovers. So yeah, when your dad cooks, he is serious about it. Yeah, he made quite a bit. Um, I, my stomach isn't as 
tame or as adjusted as it used to be when I was younger and he cooked uh, because this last four or five days has have been ruthless. <laughs> Absolutely chilies. ruthless. Chili's, chili's right yeah. and left. Right? I mean, I had to stop on the way down here. And I mean, I, I honestly felt bad for the fellow patrons in the bathroom. <laughs> it was not a pleasant experience, let me tell you. Uh, oh, well, yeah. I mean, you know, pain for pleasure. pleasure it's, it was worth, it? worthy yeah, sacrifice for sure. But we have, your, we have your birthday coming up this weekend. Uh, do you want to share a little bit about what we have planned? Sure. Yeah. So, um, well, actually, when Peter turned 60, we decided, well, that was just a huge, big deal. And we were going to get all the Germans into town. Mm -hmm. So his um, brother and his sister um, and some of their family actually flew into um, well, into California. We went to Lake Tahoe because he's a big skier, and they're all big skiers. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not a skier, but that was fine. I did not mind staying warm and cozy, and it's just a great town. And I knew, you know, it was what he loved, and it was his big birthday. Take one for the team. Exactly, exactly. And so that was in February of 2020. So he really skated in, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because literally. I mean, three, four weeks later, yeah. the show was shut down, and sure. and um, you know, and and his family would have been stuck here. Who knows what would have happened? So, anyway, um, <clears throat> we were you know kind of well, what are, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Should we go on some big fabulous trip? And we kind of tossed around some things, um, and then what I came to, and then I was actually thinking going back east because I was hoping my sister could come, and she's back in North Carolina. Um, but the only places that were going to be decently warm were going to be a flight for her anyway. It wasn't going to be like she could hop in the car. Mm-hmm. So then we decided we'd stay close and drivable because, you know, it seems like I, I, a shame to have my birthday and not be able to ce- celebrate with my, my little furry children, True. the dogs. The canines, yep. Yeah. The canines. Gotta have them around. I know. I mean, I'm, I'm ridiculously in love with these dogs, and I thought it would be... Um, you know, they just should be part of the celebration. So, so Palm Springs is nice because it's, it's warm. It's a really cool town. I mean, you and, you and Christina haven't been there yet, but I think you're going to like it a lot. Um, we were actually there for my birthday last year. Um, but you know, it's like a six hour drive for us. So it should be about four for you. Okay. All right. I thought it would be longer for me. No. And actually, you know, because of the time change now, you're going to get there an hour earlier. So just kind of an hour earlier. Well, it will be an hour earlier when you arrive. Oh, so we'll gain so. an hour going yes, there. you will gain okay, an hour. Okay, but it's still the same length it's still of the drive. Same, you kind of hyped me up there like I was not going to have to drive for <laughs> yeah, you're going to go through it. Yeah. Okay, all right. It makes sense. <laughs> no, you're going to have to drive the full way, yeah, the full way. But you'll have an extra hour of life to live while you're there. I wow. mean, you'll lose it on the way back. I don't know why people don't do that more often, just kind of drive back and forth. You're on your last, you know, dying breath. So you drive <laughs> to California, boom, you got an extra hour. You're given some death sentence and you have, you know, X number of days you just kind of stay on the time timeline hopping back and forth exactly (laughs) making the most of your time yeah so anyway i'm pretty excited about that the weather looks like it's going to be good actually we thought it was going to be raining on friday but it's not um so it should be pretty sunny and warm and and i don't know when i'm ever going to get my fall clothes out although evenings will be will be uh chilly yeah so um unfortunately some of the things we wanted to do are like totally booked up reservations um i'm kind of surprised maybe because it's so close to thanksgiving but um so there's Some of the tours we're not going to be able to take, but we're going to walk around the downtown. And then there's like a really fancy shopping area. Um, I forget what it's called, Palm in Palm Desert. A um, couple of really nice restaurants and um, kind of just give you guys a tour of the lay of the land. Yeah. Um, but if there's any particular things you guys want to do as far as, you know, museum-y things or whatever. We'll... We're, we're pretty easy going. Uh, you know, not low, low 
low expect not low expectations but we're just you know we don't we're not very uh, we don't need very much all yeah. we need is maybe you know some family time maybe a bottle of wine maybe some good food and then i'm happy well that's all guaranteed and we're going to be playing some games nice. so yeah we're going to be doing some charades some pictionary type of games yeah. um it could get pretty competitive i know i was going to say so i feel like your birthday is not the best day to do it because everyone should be nice to you and you should well, be they happy should let you win. but that's just not the case <laughs> you know we can't let you win you're you're going to get frustrated that I'm so incredible at... Uh, well, I'll just make sure you're on my team. Uh, fair, fair. <laughs> the I know, I know how to plan this. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, I'm very excited for that trip. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm sure that we'll have a ton to update everyone oh, on yeah. next week when we get back. I think we're there. Um, well, me and Christina, we're driving in Friday, and then we're leaving Monday. Are you staying more than that? Well, we, we go back Tuesday. I guess my okay. official birthday's on Monday, so um, then Peter and I are going to do just a, another, maybe a more romantic dinner on Sunday, uh, Monday night. That and makes then, sense. Yeah, and then head back Tuesday. All righty. Well, we'll keep everyone updated on that, but let's hop right into the spicy news, updates on cases. It's been a week. My favorite part of the podcast (laughs) because I feel like I'm always on the edge of my seat at the end of every show with all the uh, crazy stuff going on. So it's been a busy, busy week, so we'll be doing a lot of updating today. Um, The first is on the social media cases, and we've talked about that in the last couple um, episodes. Um, The most recent episode, we talked about an update where the state court consolidated cases. Um, The defendants had filed a motion to dismiss the case so that it was just going to be basically nipped in the bud. It wasn't going to move forward at all. Um, The argument was there's just no, no viable cause of action here. This isn't even a case that can be brought, um, it should all be dismissed, everybody should go home. Uh And the judge said no. Now, that judge said that um, she didn't consider it to be a product, but she did uphold the negligence claims. And what she said was that the way that they designed the algorithms was negligent in that they were harmful to children, and they knew that they were harmful to children and young adults. Mm -hmm. Um, So so the case would move forward, and that was was a big win, um, which means that a lot lot more people will start filing cases, and the... um, the discovery moves forward. They have to start turning over all of these secret documents that yeah. they don't want to turn over. So that's pretty juicy. Um, and then more recently, just this week, um, the multi-district litigation, the same motion was filed in that. And so, again, there are two different lawsuits. Um, the state court is filed in California, mm-hmm. and that's because all of these defendants are domiciled, or basically the companies are located in California, right? So, um, you know, Snapchat and Meta, so the Facebook and Instagram. All the Silicon um, Valley companies. Yeah, TikTok. All of, yeah. Exactly. So all of those companies basically live in California, so you can sue them in California state court. Mm-hmm. And sometimes state court is better than, than federal. It just depends. So, but at the same time, there's the multi-district litigation, and that one, as we've talked about, the multi-district cases can be um, could could be anywhere. It depends yeah. on you know what judge has availability and where it's more convenient for witnesses and blah blah. And of course, again, because the defendants are all located in California, the multi-district litigation is also located in California. Mm-hmm. So we've got two big old cases, both in California, one state, one federal. So the same motion was brought in the federal litigation. And just this week, the judge said, um, again, said, no, you lose defendants. The case is going to move forward. 
But she actually went a little bit further, and she actually said that she does consider um, these to be products. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's a that's a big win. Yeah. Um, and she had kind of said along the way, you know, her decision might not be exactly in line with the state court judges. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it, I mean, it's a positive on both fronts because the litigation, you know, is going to move forward. Um, you know, the other positive there is that um, she indicated that she wants this to move quickly. Good. Yeah, she wants this to move quickly. And on a call I was on the other day, they were they were actually saying that it's possible we could see some lawsuits as soon as, um, you know, close to the end of next year, which... Wow, that's really fast. That's really fast. For yeah, for this, like this kind of case, that's really pretty quick. Um, and, and of course, when you start seeing the, the lawsuits start, the Bellwether trials there's always the potential for resolution or for settlement. And of course, that's mm-hmm. what everybody, everybody's hoping for. Well, and so to get this right, it, there's two different cases going on. There's in the state court and the federal court, exactly. and they tr- uh, tried to dismiss it on, on, in both courts. And, right. and in the state court, they got shot down and they said, well, this isn't necessarily a product, but there is some neg- negligence here. Right. There's still a case. We yeah. still go forward. Uh, and then going into the federal court when they tried to dismiss it, again, that got shot down. But in, for good for us is that they did, um, you know, kind of t- call it or classify it as a product, which is, yeah. um, can, can you tell us a little bit why that's so Well, there's, there's extra, there's additional claims that can be brought when it's a product, okay. you know, like design defects and things that yeah. apply specifically to products. So it gives you more claims to bring. A lot more flexibility. More flexibility, more claims. And it's it's almost more important that that happened in the federal court compared to the state court, because a lot of these cases are going to be going to the federal, correct? Well, you know, actually, you could file, anybody could file in either one, mm. um, because since a defendant lives in, in California, you can always file in the state court where uh, where where the defendant resides. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes people kind of pick and choose, you know, which one looks better. In my mind now, I think the MDL looks, looks a little yeah. bit better. Um, and so, but but of course, everybody can always file in the in, in the MDL as well. Mm-hmm. So, can you explain a little bit how that works? How there's two different cases going on. This is I'm getting a little lost here with the the state case, the federal yeah. case, and you can file if you with one case. You know, if I've been damaged uh, by social media, I'm addicted. I'm having you know whatever problems may or are associated with that. Um, why would I choose to go with the state or why would I choose to go with the federal court? And it seems like I can go with both if I want to as well. Well, you can only file, you can file your case only one place, but okay. you can pick and choose where you want to file okay. it. I mean, you have one case and you have to choose where to file that it. Make, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. And so, uh, why would, why would someone want to go with the state compared to federal and vice versa? In this case, it seems pretty obvious, right? With the federal, because it is classified a product, it makes a little bit more sense. You have more flexibility with the claims that you can bring. Um, but in general, I I guess why you know what, what's the big difference there well so the other thing would have to do with choice of law and I don't want to get too law schooly <laughs> yeah. here but um, in a state court you're going to be applying California state law mm-hmm. in the multi-district litigation basically the cases would be filed in the state where the person uh, resided and you would be using that state's law yeah ultimately and and so the states vary a lot I mean anything from statute of limitations to certain types of claims so you would want to you, you, if you're in a state that has like crappy law, 
<laughs> you're gonna want to you're gonna want to be in, in the state court, um, you know, where you can use the California yeah. state law. So so that's the a possibility. Um, and then it depends, you know, a lot on the the judge. Mm-hmm. And judges, um, you know, federal judges are appointed. Well, mm-hmm. most judges are appointed. Um, some states they are elected. Um, but the federal court, all of those judges are appointed, and they're appointed by the president. So it depends on which, you know, uh, which party is yeah. uh, running the country at the time <laughs> as to whether they're more Democrat or more Republican. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, again, they shouldn't have biases, but everybody does have some biases. Of course, yeah. Um, you know, and, and if you're very pro-business, that's going to be better for these big companies. Yeah. You know, if you're more um, pro-little guy. Uh, Which is interesting. I mean, I would imagine these type of biases and opinions really should have no place and in, in, well, in they the court and in, in these cases, but I mean, as you said, everyone has their biases, and whether knowingly or unknowingly. Uh, but I think that that makes sense. Is and it seems almost more on kind of the lawyer's call and what they think is best. Uh, obviously, the the client always has um, you know has an opinion and has has a role in in the case. But when it comes specifically to you know if your state laws are gonna you know be more favorable for your case or the federal laws or whatever you know that case might be that might decide where you actually file your your claim. Yeah, I mean, so like substantive decisions are always up to the client, but procedural ones. Are, are generally are things, those are more the things that the attorneys okay. I mean because most people wouldn't even understand that yeah. and those are the kind of things that are within our, our purview um, I mean it might be a situation where you would actually discuss with the client if you know if it was a close call whether you should do this or yeah. that but you know generally speaking the attorneys are going to know uh, where's the best place to that makes that. sense and you mentioned the judge of this case wanted to push it forward fast and I mean I would imagine there's no case that judges are like ah, I don't really want to deal with this right now <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll push this off for a few years. There might be. <laughs> so are, is there specific characteristics for, you know, cases in general or this one specifically that would incentivize or, you know, give reason to the judge to want to push this one and, and prioritize it? Yeah, this one in particular. And this one's very different from, you know, your average case where maybe a lot of people are harmed, but there are individual people that have suffered harm and need to be compensated. Yeah. And maybe a drug is now off the market or, you know, there's now warnings are out. This is something that really is like a public health crisis. I mean, these this is ongoing problem. You know, kids and young adults are suffering on a daily basis. These algorithms are not being changed. Um, and, and so, it, you know, it's really a, a crisis. And, I, and, you know, not only in this, in this case, not only um, are the claims for actual compensation for these individual victims um, who have suffered damage, but there's also claims that um, their policies need to be changed. Uh Um, The algorithms need to be changed. There needs to be better parental controls. And so it's the type of case that can change things dramatically for the better and stop the harm. Yeah. So I think that that has a lot to do with it Uh as well. Um, You know, it's going to keep going on until they're forced to change at this stage. Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, like you said, it kind of applies to drugs as well, where you need to get something off the market or kind of get the word out there that it's causing all of these serious damages. Something that comes to mind is the hair laxers. I mean, that was something that seemed pretty speedy with the way that they went about it. And, you know, already they're off the shelves and uh, people are are being notified about it. Uh, But with this one as well, I think you mentioned with the school districts and the states also pursuing this. I mean, I would imagine that would put incredible pressure on the judge and the court system in general, because not only is it now, you know, all of these individual victims who are coming together and saying that they have these damages, but it's also actual 
um, counties, like school counties and, and yeah. school districts and yeah. states saying that this is a problem that uh, they need help with. Well, exactly. So there's 140 school districts to date have filed um, lawsuits um, against the industry. 140 My school God. districts and well, and more every day. So as of the time this comes out, there will probably be more. I mean, I see it all the time. Another school district has filed. Well, it applies to literally every school district. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the kids in school, I mean, they're completely distracted. The the counselors are having to deal, I mean, you know, deal with the problems. Mm-hmm. Um, they need additional resources. But so 140 school districts and counting, of course, and then 42 states and the, and the District of Columbia, because mm-hmm. again, they're also providing, you know, mental health um, services, uh, uh, actual physical health services, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, the, the kids need help. And, and and it's a big burden. It's a huge burden yeah. on the schools and on the states. And it's being caused by these companies that have billions of dollars. And they're stepping up and saying, you know, these, these entities are stepping up and saying, hey, you know, we can't take care of these kids that you're hurting. You, you need to pitch in and, and, and help yeah. us help deal with what you've caused here. So. Well, it makes sense. I mean, like you said, multi-billion dollar companies. And already, yeah. you know, I remember the whole Red for Ed, I think, where it was about school districts needing more oh, yeah, funding. Yeah, yeah, I think that was primarily in Arizona. That was, yeah, here, yeah. Uh, because I think we're like at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to, bad, yeah. to state education. Um, but already, you know, it's, it's a topic of conversation for, you know, teacher pay and kind of funding it overall for public school and school districts. And then to add this extra burden on top of it, that is directly being caused by these multi-billion dollar companies, it makes sense for them to kind of come to the table and say, hey, guys, we need a little bit of help here. Yeah. I mean, we're in bad shape already. And what you're doing is just making this so much worse. Yeah. And, you know, and and, and, and provide some resources to help us deal with this problem that you've caused. And then also stop it. Mm-hmm. Stop hurting the kids. Stop, you know, interfering with their education and their lives, basically. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think it, there is a lot that the businesses can do. And there's a lot that can change, but I also would argue that this is never going to stop. You know, I think inherently with social media, with the way that we digest it and the way that we use it, especially the younger generation, um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of part of the younger generation. But, <laughs> I you think know, you count. You yeah, still, 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 you know, kids in high school and in college now, um, the way that they use it and how much they use it, that is, is always going to be a problem, but it is something that can be helped. Well, yeah. And I think, I mean, there is a lot of good. I don't want to say that it's all bad. I mean, there are a lot of really great things about it and it can provide, you know, connection and support and all of that. But certain algorithms and where they're being fed, um, you know, this this very harmful information about, you know, how to get super skinny and have these eating disorders and how to commit suicide and just these horrible things. Um, And and also the age issue. I mean, there needs to be um, the parental controls enforced. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, once you're over a certain age and your brain is fully developed, you know, you're going to make your own decisions and you yeah. can use it for good or for evil, I guess. Um, but, you know, these young children need protection and they're not getting it. And the parents think that they're protecting their kids. They think that they're monitoring their accounts. And it turns out they have multiple accounts. And, you know, all of the bad stuff are the ones that the parents don't know about. And it kind of reminds me, too, of the Amazon case that we talked about a while ago where, you know, they're being recommended everything. And then some people that are looking up for, you know, ways to, to, you know, kill themselves and on these forums and whatnot, and they're finding, you know, the easiest painless ways to die. And then 
you know, they go on Amazon looking up for these products and then they're getting recommended, you know, <laughs> stuff that is, is, you know, going towards killing themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you showed an interest in, yeah. Yeah. So it's these yeah. algorithms that, you know, even uh, no, no real second thought behind them. It's just kind of going out there to just sell the product at whatever yeah, well, or no protections. Yeah. But this one's a little worse, even because there there is forethought before there true, and continuing. True. It's very you know, intentional. Yeah, it's very intentional, and to keep them engaged and keep them on longer, mm-hmm. um, and basically consuming more, you know, seeing more ads and consuming yeah. more, um, and 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 basically they want you to be addicted. Well, and one thing that I wanted to mention because this is something that I didn't realize was a problem or was going to be an issue that we face, and I'm sure a lot of other people haven't thought about this either, is that. Uh, um, the companies that we're pursuing, that we're suing in this case, you know, Facebook, Meta, uh, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, all these places, these are also the same places that a lot of firms like our, our own and, and others do a lot of their marketing. It's how they get their word out about cases and, you know, let people know that they have a case that they can pursue. And it, we aren't actually able to market this case on a lot of those platforms, if any of them, you know, Google is a little bit more lax about it, but even then, you know, they can still be a little uh, sus about it. And so it's something where this is such a massive problem. So many teens, if not a majority of teens are probably facing this problem and being able to let them know about it and and inform them and tell them that, you know, the damages that they are experiencing, the issues that they're experiencing actually have a case and have Mm -hmm. a claim to them. We can't even spread that word because we're almost being, you know, silenced. Silenced, yeah. No, it's it's, it's true. And I mean, I kind of get too, they don't want to be, you know, saying, oh, come sue us. But at the same time, I mean, most people, as you said, this is where they get their information. This is where they find out um, their news. I mean, you know, to be fair, the news stations have covered this story. And I think that they will continue to because, you know, as more and more cases are getting filed, um, you know, some of these updates that we're talking about, as well as the, you know, the states and the school districts, I mean, it is a crisis. Um, But but that's not, you know, like, like you said, I mean, kids don't come home from school and watch the I mean, it it might be able to inform a few parents that, you know, get home and instantly throw on Channel 4 (laughs) while they're making dinner. But, you know, most kids aren't watching the news station and even people my age who, you know, I would have a claim to this possibly if I I did, you know, have any of these these damages. Um, I'm not watching the news. And if I'm not finding seeing something on Twitter, on Facebook, on on TikTok and any of that, then I'm probably not going to find out about it. Yeah. Well, and it's frustrating, too, because, you know, we're still going through the situation with, the um, you know, the 3M earplugs yeah. where we're still I mean, I was in the office today and literally while I was sitting there, two more calls came in that Danny took that were people saying, hey, I want to file a claim. Um, and we're telling them, well, we can't help you. Um, and well, I never heard about it. I didn't hear about it. And and I mean, that was really I mean, that was everywhere on all kind of social yeah. media and the news and just really uh, everywhere. But with this, it's going to be very limited as to who can hear about it. There's going to be some word of mouth TV. Again, people do or don't listen to it. Um, you know, it's going to be more of the billboards and the buses. Yeah. And I know, you know, people hate attorney advertising, but there are certain types of cases where you absolutely don't know that you have a case yeah. unless you I would see an argue ad. most most cases right. people don't know about or a lot of the time they're experiencing problems from from a product or medication and they know they have the yeah. problem but they have no idea no why idea that it's right. linked to exactly it, yeah. and even the doctors even the doctors don't know well exactly I mean but things like say a car accident if somebody's yeah. in a car accident they pretty much know at this point but still 
the reason is why they know it is because since yeah. the 1970s, there you know when ads, you know when the, the Supreme Court said, okay, yes, lawyers can advertise. We yeah. do, you know, get to uh, the First Amendment benefits as well as other, <laughs> as well as other, other companies. Yes, it, it does apply to us. Um, but since that time, there was advertising, and so now the today you could probably turn off car accident advertising, and people know, okay, I'm in an accident, I need to get an attorney, or or I can get an attorney, I can make that choice. But with these cases where, you know, again, you know, everybody uses social media. A lot of people are harmed by it. In fact, I think we all know that it's bad for us to yeah. a certain extent. Yeah. So why do we think we can make a claim? You know, and again, not everybody can. It has to be, you know, adults who choose this mm-hmm. um, don't get to make a claim. But, you know, teens and young adults do have a viable claim. Well, and I think that's something that complicates this case a lot, too, because like you said, with the 3M case where that was everywhere, really as it much marketing like it, that could be done was being done and still people didn't know about it and still people are calling to this day, you know, trying to make claims when they just can't. Um, and this is a case that I would argue is even bigger because everyone uses social media, mm-hmm. especially when it's, you know, younger kids in high school, middle school, college, all of these age groups. I mean, everyone is on some form of social media. You're almost required to for the social dynamic of school and just culture these days. Um, And the fact that, you know, there's so many people that are having this problem and we're also being hindered with getting that word out there. The amount of people that are probably going to miss, you know, the call to action that are going to miss the ability to kind of get into this case is going to be concerning, I would say, is a good amount. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we'll have to see. I, you know, I, I there are going to, I do expect there's going to be a lot of cases filed now that, um, yeah. you know, we've had this positive ruling in both of the cases, um, you know, and people are getting the word out the best that they can. Um, and hopefully this will be covered more on the news and at least maybe catch some of the parents. So we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah. And so going forward now, since both in the state and federal court, the, um, you know, dismissal that they try to push forward got shot down. And then the federal, luckily, they got classified as a product. What are we looking at now? Are we just going into this discovery phase where we're going to start learning all of the dirty backdoor dealings that they're going to, that exactly. they've been doing? All of, all of the hot docs, yeah. the, the, the uh, smoking gun documents, all of that sort of stuff. Absolutely. Because of course, they didn't have to turn anything yeah. over if they just say, hey, this is, you know, this is a crap case. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, you know, they don't even have a claim. But now the judge is saying, yes, this is a viable claim. Now we have to start exchanging information. And that's where I think we're going to see some really interesting things, some really juicy um, information and what's really been going on behind closed doors. And I think that perhaps as this discovery goes through, that will hit the news too. Yeah. And that also, again, will maybe maybe get some more word out. Um, and I think as people get angrier and angrier, we may see some changes in their policies, which, mm-hmm. you know, w- could happen even short of trials or any kind of resolution mm-hmm. um, or verdicts or anything. I mean, I think sometimes when, when, when it's out in the public about what you're doing, you, you stop doing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and you mentioned this earlier, how everyone kind of knows that social media is a problem and that it causes problems. And I'm sure, you know, everyone in, in their own minds have struggled with some of these issues when you are, you know, constantly comparing yourself to all of these perfect models that you're mm-hmm. seeing everywhere. Filters and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. 
Um, so, so what is this discovery phase, uh, I guess for an everyday citizen, for someone that is interested in it, because everyone knows this is a problem. If you're interested in finding out, you know, all of this dirty stuff coming out in discovery phase, do you have to be an attorney to be hearing about this? Do you have to just wait for it to hit the news or is there actually resources where you can, you know, read through some of these documents yourself? Well, you know, it, certain documents are going to be public documents, but most documents turned over are going to be, um, subject to a protective order in all likelihood, because what happens is the defendants say, you know, these are trade secrets and these yeah. are, you know, the way that we do our, we, you know, it, it's a competitive disadvantage. I mean, it kind of makes sense to be it fair. Does make, it does make sense. And so a lot of the documents that get turned over um, will not be known to the public. However, if there's ultimately a trial, mm -hmm. then a trial is, you know, a public forum and the information that gets entered into evidence now is available to the public, which that also goes to why a lot of times these companies yeah. want to settle a case before it gets to trial and have protective orders signed mm -hmm. and not have this information released. That makes sense. And it, and it honestly, you know, is almost more convincing that this is going to get pushed faster than most other cases. You know, already the judge said that you wanted to kind of get this through, um, you know, have it higher on the priority list. But the trade secrets, I mean, those with the algorithm and kind of, I'm sure how dirty some of the algorithm <laughs> aspects are, I'm sure they don't want that out in the public and people to really realize just how much they're being, you know, arguably manipulated and yeah. kind of uh, forced into a certain school of thought or, you know, pushed in that direction at the very least. So, so yeah, what's going to happen is um, the, we're going to be asking for certain documents and then there's going to be motions filed and they're going to want to say, you know, this, we don't have to give this information because of this reason yeah. or that reason. And what the judge decides when the judge makes rulings on whether or not certain documents have to be turned over or whether certain documents are going to be admissible at trial, those are that's huge turning points in these cases. No. Um, because, you know, if, if certain information is going to get in, that wow, okay, now that's going to piss off the jury. Yeah, yeah. That, there we got some potential for, uh, you know, for putative damages there and, and some serious verdicts. So, you know, as this process goes on, where we're asking for certain documents, they're fighting about about whether or not we get them, the judge is making rulings, that really um, strengthens or weakens a case. Mm -hmm. And so the good news is that this judge, I wouldn't say is on our side, but mm -hmm. seems to be um, very receptive to this case and concerned and um, potentially going to do the right things here. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's, so it's pretty exciting. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I think, I think these are, these cases are really going to take off. That's good. I think that uh, she understands the magnitude of this yeah, case, yeah. and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of documents that um, the defense don't want out there and that they're <laughs> always, going to be always. arguing for. And hopefully this judge is is on our side with some of them and yeah. put them out to the public or at least make it so he can reach it to trial um, if it gets to that because some of these documents, if it makes, if they know it's making a trial, they might just try to settle. Right, right, um, right. And, and they may be pressured to make these changes even short of trial to, yeah. you know, some stronger parental controls, um, you know, modifying the algorithms as they pertain to, to young people mm -hmm. and certain searches. So. Well, that will be something to keep an eye on as this discovery goes on, because I think this is a massive case that affects I, I would argue everyone, Everybody everyone in one way or the yeah, other, yeah. even if you aren't experiencing some of these damages, the algorithms that they're using on you is is uh, still, still manipulating, still manipulating. you yeah. like a puppet. Uh, I do want to make sure that we get to yeah. the rest of the updates. I know you mentioned we have quite a few of them. Yeah. 
So um, we have an update on Ozempic, and that's always um, uh, always a hot topic, of course. Mm-hmm. And this involves um, a case, a woman who died um, recently, and actually this was in Australia. And I know we do have fans in Australia. Our biggest fans. We love it. Our big fans down under. So hi, Rachel and Linda. Um, anyway, this is a, a sad case. Um, it was a mom who died using um, uh, Ozempic, and she was trying to slim down for her daughter's wedding. And so she had been taking the Ozempic injections for several months. Um, she was only 56 years old, and apparently she had lost about 35 pounds. Oh, my God. Yeah. And how many months does it say? Um, I think it said four to five months. Wow. So she's close to, you know, almost 10 pounds a month. Well, it's fast. I mean, it's really fast because basically you're not eating. I mean, yeah, so you the, the, well, the food isn't moving through your body, mm-hmm. right? And so um, you're not able to eat. She had been having problems with vomiting, diarrhea, nausea, all of the things that they uh, actually do warn that you're going to have. And it's not clear exactly what happened, um, what the cause of death was. Um, was gastro acute gastrointestinal illness. So that was on her death certificate. They didn't go into the specifics if it was this ileus, which is the bowel obstruction, or the gastroparesis, which is um, the paralysis of the yeah. stomach. But um, we know that these things happen and that these things were not adequately warned about. They're just mm-hmm. now coming up. Um, so, but I mean, I mean, it's just a very, very sad story. And I don't think that this is the end of these stories. People, you know, even knowing... Um, it's getting out in the news now that it's, you know, that these are pretty scary risks, but people are just so desperate. I mean, they're desperate to lose weight and and it's being touted as this miracle drug. And and does it mention if she was, I mean, it seems like she was using it purely for the weight loss effect to get ready for her her daughter's wedding. Yeah. She was not diabetic. She was not diabetic. And and was she prescribed it or? Yeah. So she was prescribed it, which is considered off label. Um, And in Australia, you can do that. The government doesn't regulate that. Um, the doctors are allowed to make a medical decision and say, okay, I'm going to prescribe this medication for an off-label use. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So he prescribed it knowing that it was being used for weight loss. Right. Well, doctors here are doing that too. Yeah. I would think that was a little bit more under the table though, where they were like, oh, I hope your diabetes gets better. Here you go. Well, there are plenty of people who are getting it and who are not diabetic at all. But, you know, and again, there's always the argument too, that when people are really severely overweight, that the benefits of losing weight on their health potentially could be worth the risks. Yeah. So, and you know, there's a recent study saying that for cardiac issues, it can, you know, be mm-hmm. beneficial. Um, and, and again, I mean, it's, you know, the doctor's call and they may or may not be on the hook for it, but it's it, from what I read, and I'm not real up, up on Australian law, obviously, um, but just from the article that I read, it said that, you know, that that is something that they don't, the government doesn't get involved in, that the, the doctors can, can choose to do that. Um, you know, and unfortunately, in this case, um, you know, she's not going to be at the wedding. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, horrible. Mm-hmm. So, so you said that the the doctor may or may not be on the hook for this, and this kind of was connected to what I was going to ask, which is if this is being prescribed and intentionally used for non-diabetic, uh, you know, patients and cases when the medication is intended and supposed to be prescribed for that specifically, would that hurt the case at all? Um, you know, what, what, what would that, how would that affect kind of the victim and, and, well, and, and I'm assuming you're asking me about in the United States, because again, I'm not, I'm not Yeah, Australian. well, so, I mean, I, that's, I guess that's another good side question is she died in Australia. I'm assuming because in Australia, she doesn't have a case at all. 
Well, she, I, I, you know, and again, I don't, I don't know about that. Um, you know, kind of, I, I don't, I don't know Australia law, um, but it, it's obviously different than than here. But here, you can doctors also prescribe off off label oftentimes, um, and the companies know that, and they encourage doctors to prescribe off label. Makes sense, yeah. Right, and so then the the question would be, you know, what did the doctor, you know, what what risks, um, what was the discussion that the doctor had? Did mm. the patient fully understand the risks? Um, and in these cases where you know these issues have only very recently come out about these really severe, the ileus and the gastroparesis, um, probably weren't warned about. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so then it goes back to the company that the doctor couldn't warn about something the doctor didn't know about if the company is not disclosing. That makes sense. I mean, I, I still think it's, is crazy to me knowing, because already, right, you know that when this drug originally started getting abused for weight loss and it was intended to be a, a drug for diabetes, it's shocking to me that doctors would kind of come out and be okay and openly prescribe this. Because again, you mentioned it does happen here and it is happening. Yeah. And I knew it was happening, but I always thought it was kind of under the table, like slimy docs, you know, slimy docs. <laughs> I didn't really care and just wanted, you know, whatever the patient was, was going to ask for, they were going to get. But it seems like it, it's people coming to doctors saying, I want to lose weight and almost the doctor being like, oh, well, I heard this is pretty good and then yeah. giving it off. Yeah. Well, and again, I mean, there are some benefits. There are some people who have so much weight that they potentially could lose that it is affecting their yeah. health. But I mean, trying to fit into a dress, that's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what her weight was to start with, but it doesn't sound like it was a real health crisis. Yeah. Um, it sounds like it was more of a cosmetic, mm-hmm. cosmetic situation. Which wouldn't and be something a doctor I would think would. Well, you would hope that. But you know, the other thing I think that happens too, and, and I've seen this come up in a lot of these types of cases where, you know, uh, even when I'm talking to Peter, I'm like, oh, well, you know, look, th- this, this drug is causing this problem. Oh, well, every drug causes for a teeny tiny number of people, but it's not that much. No. Okay. And I mean, and everything does come with a risk. But what happens is that, you know, when the company has downplayed the risks and when it is a much larger number, that changes that risk benefit analysis that the person and their doctor mm-hmm. is going to go through to make a decision. Yeah. And if you're not given fair information, you can't make, a, you know, a, a good decision. I mean, you don't have yeah. informed, you can't make it, you know, it's not informed consent. Yeah. Um, and so, so that's the problem. And I, and I could see doctors saying, well, yeah, a few people are going to have this happen to them, but it's not a big problem. And again, I think you you've brought up that the fact that so many people are using this, we're seeing the problems much faster. It might've taken years, but because of just this mass, you know, consumption of this product, the the desperation everybody has, so many people are using it. We're seeing the problems really quickly and there are a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, their their self image is being affected from social media, which has a case. I know. And then they're going to Ozempic to try to fix that, to try to adjust and conform to whatever social media is feeding them through these algorithms that then they're getting pushed into another drug, another exactly. case. It's, it's all, it's this huge conspiracy. It is, it is full circle. Oh my goodness. It's crazy, yeah. But this was just a really sad one and I saw it and of course it grabbed my attention because, well, Ozempic, when we talk about that a lot and then of course because it was in Australia. So. Yeah, yeah. well, that is really sad. I think especially kind of the circumstances trying to fit into a dress for, for her daughter's wedding. I mean, you know, whether it's cosmetic or not, uh, weddings are supposed to be happy and exciting and not only is it sad that she's not going to make it. I can't imagine the impact that it's had on the family. And what's even scarier too, is that, um, you know, we might see more cases like this because of just the widespread use. And as 
Um, this is, is, is an ongoing problem, but hopefully maybe, uh, you know, us getting the word out there and people being more aware of these risks and, and how, you know, highly risky it is at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, very, yeah. I mean, definitely people are dying and, um, and I guess if you and Christina or when you and Christina decide to tie the knot, let's settle down here. Okay. Let's take a step back. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I just need some advance notice so that I don't, so that I can hit the gym Mm -hmm. and I can do it very slowly. Yeah. Yeah. That's more on me to give you a good heads up so you don't have to panic and and, and get a Zempic prescription. Thank you. Okay. All right. I'll keep that in mind. I'll keep that in mind. Uh, moving on though, what yes. else? Uh, all right, next update. Wait, I think we're pretty much going to be doing all updates today. Yeah. So the next update is on the hernia mesh, which of course we've been, you know, yelling and screaming about and telling people hurry up and top you of know. our lungs from yeah. a mountain. Absolutely, back. Yeah. Um, so there was another bellwether verdict that just came out. Um, it was in Ohio, and um, it was a five hundred thousand dollar verdict, which good and bad. Um, it's good in the sense that they they found um, in favor of the plaintiff. Um, but 500,000 is not a huge, yeah. they didn't, you know, they, they did not, um, award punitive damages. The defense is kind of celebrating about that. I mean, well, not necessarily, um, you know, because again, I mean, juries can vary dramatically, but they did find the, you know, that they that they hadn't failed, they had failed to warn about the danger of the product, but this guy also was not horrendously injured. Uh, um, and so, yeah. And, and I mean, again, we talked a little bit about how bellwethers, you know, the defense picks some yeah. cases, the plaintiffs pick some cases, you know, and of course the plaintiff side wants to pick these cases that have awful death injuries where, you know, they're going to get really mad and they're going to award a ton of money. Um, And then the defense is picking ones. I mean, all of these cases get filed. And this guy, he did relatively well. He got the thing implanted in 2015. Um, It in 2017, he had to have it taken out. Um, it was problematic that the doctor bases, they said that there was a large ball of rolled up mesh Jesus stuck in the Christ. tissues um, surrounding where it had been implanted. It was very hard to remove it, but they did get it removed during surgery. So it wasn't like a, you know, one of these cases where you died or you had some, you know, horrendous you know, yeah. sepsis, horrible infection, um, or you were permanently disabled. Um but they did find that there wasn't a warning about the dangers of the product, and they did find in favor of the plaintiff. So that is a positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, again, with a slightly different jury, they could have gotten slammed harder, and, and they have to see that. So there, right now there's only one more bellwether scheduled, and that is in January. Wow. And after that, the judges talked about sending the cases back, remanding them to the state courts if we can't get a settlement. Because, you know, this has been going on forever. Well, yeah. and maybe not forever, but I mean, it's been it's like... It's a long time. Yeah. Even I mean, for these type of cases. I mean, it's been it's a good been minute. a long time. You know, and yes, everything got dragged out and delayed by COVID. But, you know, there were some settlements in these cases, um, uh, not in the not in the MDL, um, but in a separate state litigation. And then that, those kind of stopped. And so... So um, I'm not sure exactly what's going on now, but, uh, you know, the pressure is going to be on. Either they're going to get these cases resolved or it's going to be this mass remand where there's cases all over the country going to trial. Mm-hmm. And then that's going to put the pressure on. So I was going to say, so this mass remand would this in it, if it goes back to the state, then, for example, for the cases that you have, would you personally be pursuing them and kind of representing? And I mean, already you're representing them. Yes. But I yeah. mean, going to court and actually kind of. Yeah. And so we, we, and we say it's going back to the state, but it's going back to the federal district courts in the state. Oh, okay, so it okay. still is part of the MDL, but it is going back to the home states where the cases are. And so, so yes, um, and potentially, and, and depending on, you know, again, we have cases 
people all over the country. I would be involved in some of them, particularly if they're in Arizona, in all likelihood. Um, but then there, we would have local counsel in, um, you know, wherever they were going to going to trial. And and what what does the plaintiff think about that? I mean, is that something that we're okay with? I mean, obviously, we would prefer January is very soon. By the way, I mean that that that's coming up fast. Well, that's the last bellwether, and that's trial, gonna be the yeah. last bellwether, and then and hopefully it comes to a settlement after that, which would be best yeah. case. But if it doesn't, you know, is a plaintiff really upset? Is this better for one side or the other? It feels almost like a lose-lose, a little bit messy for both sides. Yeah, I think that's actually a great description. It is a lose-lose, really, and difficult for both sides. Um, you know, and, and we've had remand cases in the past, and, 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 you know, there's pluses and minuses to it. I mean, when your case is getting remanded, you know, you're, you have the potential to go to trial and really hit one of these slam-dunk verdicts. Yeah, um, as opposed to settlements, not going to be, you know, millions, of, you know, $30 million. No big or three hundred million. There. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be they, you, you know people get settlement in the millions or hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands depending yeah. on their injuries, but it's not these crazy ones. So there's kind of that. It's almost like a gamble. You've got that upside, but the downside is you have a risk that you might lose and get zero. And then the real issue is that you now now you have to actually go through a deposition um, and you have to show up at trial and you have to testify and your doctor has to give a deposition and testify. So you your involvement is amped up dramatically because most times in these MDLs with a global settlement, it's very little that yeah. you're doing. I mean, you're talking to your attorney, your attorney's putting together your claim, it's getting submitted, you're getting paid, it's not not a lot of involvement. Yeah. And so that's where it changes. And some people, I have to say, some people love it and some people hate it. Some people are like, yeah, I want my day in court. I want to get in there. I want to kick their ass. I want yeah. to tell my story. I love telling my story. And other people are like, oh my God, I, that last thing in the world I want to do is go yeah. into, into court. And so, so yeah, it just, it varies. Well, I would imagine too, it's also just absolute chaos on the defense side because now instead of, you know, having kind of a one spot, you know, one and done with these cases, being able to settle it and just put out all the money, now they have cases all over the country and their army of lawyers have to be flying out everywhere. Yeah. You know, doing these depositions, going to trials. I mean, it has to be a, a big cost on their hand as well. Well, it is. And and then it's like, you know, you win some, you lose some, and then whoever loses appeals them. I mean, it's just this crazy yeah. mess. Mayhem. I, pretty much mayhem. It so is. it's seeming like it, it's more likely than not that it's going to come to a settlement after this final bellwether in January. Whether or not it's a settlement that we're happy with after this long amount of time is still in the air. But well, and so the other thing you said was that it, you know, that it would get settled and it may or may not be, it may be a settlement we're not happy with. But if it's not a settlement that we're happy with, then it wouldn't be accepted. So the whole negotiation, um, you know, we have, the, the, the two sides have to come up with a settlement that both can live with. Yeah. And, and the, like, they say that a good settlement makes neither side happy, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but it's something that both sides can live with. And a lot of times in these, in these cases, so like lead counsel is negotiating a settlement, but part of the deal with the settlement is that there has to be a certain participation level. And so, for example, like the defense, they don't want, because nobody has to agree to it. Anybody can opt out. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but, they, and they don't want like 50% of the people opting out because, well, shit, now they've still got the same yeah. mayhem on their hands. So a lot of times they'll say, unless there's like 97% wow. participation. Is it usually 90%, that high? It's really high. It's Jeez. really high. They want most of the cases yeah. to be done so Fair. that they can be done with it. Um, and if the, you know, and if it's a really crappy settlement mm. and, you know, somehow lead counsel agreed to it, but the other attorneys and the clients are saying, no, they don't meet those numbers. And yeah. basically they're back to the drawing board. So it's, you know, 
a settlement, nobody should be really happy about it. Nobody should be dancing in the streets about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or the other side wouldn't do it. Um, But, you know, again, we do expect that this thing is going to get resolved. Um, BART has 65% of market share. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these cases are just going to keep coming. And so it seems, you know, it would be much better for them to cut this off sooner rather than later. Um, You know, there have been a couple of times where we thought, you know, they were, it was almost, you know, on the verge of settlement and then it didn't happen. Um, But, uh, you know, something's going to happen. And I think it's going to be soon, potentially the end of the year, early next year. And so this is one of these cases people can't wait. If they have a case, you know, don't call me in a year and say, I didn't know. This has been going on for a good minute. It's been going on forever. Yeah. 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 So, um, but, but yeah, I mean, this is a, a positive. Again, it's not like one of those slap them in the face verdicts. Um, but it is a positive in the sense that, yes, they were found liable. Luckily, the guy didn't have horrendous damages, so they awarded him $500,000. I mean, those are the kind of numbers that you should see more in a settlement, that sort yeah. of thing, if it's not punitive. Yeah, and, and I do want to make sure we have enough time for, for the yeah. rest of the updates. But I do want to comment real quick is that, first of all, I would love to be in the room and hear some of this uh, <laughs> you know, settlement discussion and uh, debate because I mean you're arguing for millions if not you know billions of dollars in some cases but I would imagine that being a very intense conversation um, as well as I didn't know I mean maybe you've mentioned in the past but 97 to 98 percent I mean these are some crazy high per- percents for making sure everyone is okay with it everyone's getting involved there's no renegade lawyers out there wanting to take you know all their cases and handle it solo they're not happy whatever it is I mean has that happened in the past where you come to a settlement, you know, the, the leading counsel's happy with it. They're like, okay, let's get 98, 97% of all of the plaintiffs together. And then they're just not able to kind of get that unison decision together. Yeah. I mean, there have been some where maybe it's been close, but it's not been quite the right numbers. And in those cases, I mean, the defendant doesn't have to enact. It's basically their escape clause. Yeah. But sometimes if it's close enough, they're just going to go forward with it. Fair, fair. But, you know, the, the, the case that it came up with that... Um, really kind of uh, that situation kind of came up with was the, and this is a little bit different because it's the Boy Scout uh, bankruptcy, but the plan had to be confirmed. So the settlement plan and it, you know, they, and and everybody voted on it and it got voted down and it took a really long time because it wasn't okay. And they kept going back to the drawing board and coming up with a new plan that finally did get, um, uh, did get confirmed. So yes, if it's, if it's really just a not a viable settlement, it can fall apart and then they have to go back and you know and make it work i'd imagine that just being absolute chaos as well i mean just having to coordinate that with the thousands of victims all across the country and all of their attorneys and well i mean communicating it to the hundreds and thousands of attorneys across the country and then having them communicate it to their clients right well and so so in the sense of so on the in the bankruptcy you had with it there was a vote so it's a little bit different but in these cases so they sit down and they come up with this global settlement and then there's a portal open and people have to submit their claims and then there's deadlines and so everybody has to get their claims submitted and then they see did they hit the numbers or not Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know and obviously they're monitoring as they they go along and if they don't hit the numbers then the question is you know uh, will will the defendant is the defendant want to walk away you know it's their opt-out clause at that point do they want to move forward Um, you know and there have been cases where there's been like a lot of pressure on attorneys 
um, you know, and, and, and counts all council yeah. calls where they're saying, you know, this is as good as it's going to get. We and, really need you guys to uh, yeah. get this, get this yeah, together. Yeah, talk to here. your clients. Mm. And I mean, there's, there, oh, come on, we're attorneys. There's always going to be some renegade and that's, that's trouble, fair. troublemaker. Yeah, right, that's right. fair. I know. Yeah. I'm curious if there's like someone that's just well known out there. I mean, we don't have to <laughs> call any names out, but any yeah. well known renegades. Yes. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, we are coming to the home stretch here on the podcast you know on the hour don't want to go too far over i know everyone is probably listening to us on their way to work they're sitting outside their office uh getting this last pieces of news here um was there any kind of final things you wanted to focus on and and discuss well sure so um we usually talk about cases we're taking um and there is a new case that's out um and that we're getting involved in um and i won't go into too much detail on it um there's going to be a call um this coming up week um for um, a lot of attorneys to kind of share information so next week we'll talk about this more but it's an interesting one and and i we've already been getting calls on it um um, I don't even think we have a page. On, I think we're in the process of getting a page up on the website about it. Um, and so it's the Suboxone lawsuits. And Suboxone is um, a medication that's used for people who are um, trying to come off of opioids. Mm-hmm. And it's um, the, so the, the problem with it is that it's a film that you put underneath your tongue. And it has caused horrendous dental problems. Um, and it was absolutely not warned about. People did not know about this, um, but people are having tooth loss, tooth wow. fractures, decay, um, tongue injuries, gum injuries, um, just everything. Yeah, horrendous. Well, and, and so, how is it helping with getting off opiates? Like, what does it actually do? Well, so it's a medication that's getting, but it gets absorbed when yeah. you put it in and under your tongue. So it's rather than swallowing a pill, yeah. um, that's how you get how it absorbs into and does your it just system. Give you like a, a light buzz, or <laughs> I mean, well, know. I think it's, it's apparently similar to. Is it the naltrexone? Um, yeah, I mean, this is a definitely a newer case, and what I'll what we'll do next week is really get into kind of the the weeds on it and the details about exactly how it works. Yeah. Um, what we know for now is that it is a medication that's used um, in the treatment of opioid addiction. And uh, the way that it's delivered has been causing awful dental problems. And there was no, well, there is a warning now. In 2022, the warning came out, mm. but absolutely no warning before that. And yeah. so people had no idea. And so these are cases, it's just heating up right now. Some cases are getting filed. It's not a multi-district litigation, but we expect that there are many, many people who yeah. have suffered from, from this drug. Um, and the cases basically you would, would be, um, you would have taken the Suboxone um, and suffered the dental injuries, and it would you would have had to start taking it before um, or before 2022. Mm-hmm. So before the warnings came out, if you decide to take it now, the warnings are out, and and you would know about the risk. But before that time, you wouldn't. Um, and so these are cases that um, you know are, it's very active right now. Um, probably going to be a multi-district litigation. So if anybody um, has taken this medication, has suffered these injuries, um, reach out to us and we can get you some more information. And we will dive into this in more detail next week. Um, But as you said, we're running out of time anyway. I just kind of wanted to toss that out there because it's something um, that's, it's, there's must be some advertising going on out there because we're getting, um, we're getting calls and people asking about it. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a really strong case, a medication that dissolves under your tongue you know you put in your mouth you leave it in there for a bit and it doesn't warn for any of the serious dental tongue gum problems i mean that's something that you know if 
if, if that's obviously going to change a lot of people's opinions and whether or not they're going to take it. And, and well, I mean, there's other ways to deliver medications yeah, too. I mean, and so it <laughs> uh, seems like a strong case. I'm, yeah. It'll be interesting. Well, we're all going to be learning more about yeah. it. Like I said, it's a new, um, it's a newer litigation. Um, and, and again, you know, we have certain information, but until these cases start getting filed and yeah. you start getting their internal documents, there's things none of us know. So um, anyway, so that's kind of like the hot new case that everybody's talking about. Just wanted to mention that briefly on, on cases that we're taking and We'll, we'll get into that in a lot more detail next week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, it left us on the edge of our seat again. Right <laughs> Always, here. that's our goal. Yeah, we'll be keeping you up to date next week with next week's show. But do want to thank everyone for tuning in and hanging out with us. Hope you had a good time listening to us talk about uh, the cases, updates on cases, a little bit of uh, our personal lives, travel and everything. We do have uh, Sarah's birthday this upcoming weekend. So be sure to uh, comment happy birthday. <laughs> Um, we'll be updating you next week on that as well. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to throw them in the comment section. If you have a story you want to share with us, feel free to throw it down there as well. And maybe it's something, you know, you want to keep to yourself. You don't want everyone seeing it. You can also email us podcast at showeredlaw.com. Uh, if you, anything you send there, we'll keep private. And if it's something that you just want to share or want us to talk about on here and keep it anonymous, we're more than happy to do that. I always, uh, love talking about my personal stories. I know, um, my mom's talked about some of her stories and so um if anyone would love to share we're, we're always here to talk about it but with that being said uh we'll see you next week and hope you have a fantastic week prioritizing profits prioritizing prioritizing dangerous drug and product cases